We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Before we get into it, make sure you go and check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash veteransminimum, where you can get some exclusive content behind the scenes with the show and oftentimes next week's episode before it hits the masses. And we're also pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show from Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and moments that define their careers from Holland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapino, and many more. Each episode will focus in on one historical play and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends wherever you get your podcast. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Homie, go finish your mail. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm joined today by my guy, A double L E N. Sterk. Baby, what's good? Hey. You right? It's a hell of an intro. You know what I'm saying? I'm fired up. I'm excited. Because also joining us is my guy. He goes by Spicy Sloth on the Call of Duty servers. My guy, Taren. Taren, what's good, bro? What up, what up? Nothing much. You got to talk about the what's behind that name. Spicy Sloth? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's been like a decade that I've had that now. I just used to really like the animal, and I was like, let's just think of something funny that goes with it, and I've been rolling with it ever since. Was that like an AOL screen name? Nah, I think the first iteration was like when I first got my Xbox 360. And and it's just stuck with everything else since then. Yo, be honest. 
because he, he's a friend, so I can make fun of him. And if you're a friend, you can make fun of your friends. That's just how it works, you know? Sloth being an animal you're into is kind of weird, no? You got to be pretty dark and demonic. I don't know. Come on, son. Dude, they're funny. That's all, right. all it is. Well, I think funny. I think I like penguin. What about a penguin? I think they're funny. Well, do you have reasons to back that up? I don't know. Just the way they walk. The walk. Just I, look at them. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would put penguin up there too. I don't know. Sloth is. It's very unique. I've never heard anyone say that they're into that. There you go. I'm a unique guy. What can I say? There you go. There you go. Taryn, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself, man. Why we got you on? Um, I know you. You do a lot of work behind the scenes for VM, and you do some of the social media stuff for us, and I appreciate that. And people that are in the Twitch community have definitely heard your your voice before, but. Tell the people why we got you on in particular here. And this is actually the second time that you've been on the show because I had you on for a first round recap way back during the draft, which, fuck, that shit felt like forever ago. Everything feels like it's a forever ago. Crazy. So, yeah, Taryn, tell people. Um, I mean, aside from just the stuff that I do for VM already, um, football is kind of my sport. Um, I work for PFF. Uh, if you guys didn't hear the last time I was on the show, uh, I do data collection for them during the season for both the NFL and college football. And uh, we're going to be doing a division preview here, and it happens to be a division I'm very, very familiar with. So Why is that? Um, I am a Packer fan. Right now I'll say unfortunately, but, you know, green and gold until I'm dead and cold, baby. Come off a 13-win season, unfortunately is the first word he uses. <laughs> In the current state, thirteen and three don't mean much. You know, so, last year you won more games than the Giants have since twenty seventeen, right? Yeah, uh, but you know. So you have I mean, you have some set to say. I unfortunately, less than that. thirteen and three is like the expectation at this point. Come on, oh, that's fair. Yo, you know what? Like, well, I know we're laughing and joking around. That's also true. That's kind of the standard that they've set in Green Bay, where you know, eleven wins is like. At the bare minimum, right? Anytime Rodgers plays 16 games, I think they've won double-digit games every single year. The only times that they haven't and Green Bay has been out the playoffs is when he breaks a collarbone or he gets hurt. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's excellence right there, dude. That's why Green Bay is... They play in January every year pretty yeah, much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. for sure. For how long now? Dude, they've had two quarterbacks. They've had two quarterbacks in 25 years. So, congrats. Yeah, that's why, unfortunate. I could see why you're definitely not optimistic right now, given what's gone on this offseason. But I don't know if unfortunate is the word I would use, but I digress. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm not I'm not happy about the current state of the franchise. Yeah, I'm a little bit, you know, I guess I could, could a lot of sports fans would like to be in my position. I'm 24 years old, and I've gone from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and haven't really seen a struggle. You know, there are a lot of fans of different teams that would kill to have a 20-year, you know, span like that. But I'm I'm not hopeful for the future. We'll put it that way. I think this division's interesting because I do feel like a lot of the teams are in a weird... There's a lot of similarities between the teams. Like, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of questions as far as you know how long is Rodgers going to be there uh, how long is he going to be the, the quarterback that we've grown accustomed to what's going to happen in Detroit what's happening with 
Chicago, right? They trade a fourth round pick to get a Nick Foles. You take on that contract. That can't be good for Trubisky. Mm. Minnesota, Cousins, they lose some pieces. You know, they lose digs. That's under they, the defense. Like they pretty much cut all their cornerbacks. Like we're not resigning anyone. Outside of Mike Hughes, you look at their corners right now, not to mention Everson Griffin. They lost a lot. They did. They did. And d- they signed your boy, right? Didn't they sign someone from. Oh, no. That was Detroit that signed, signed Trufant? Trufant, yeah. Trufant, yeah. That staying in that Minnesota, division. I just think they were kind of in cap hell a little bit. And now they got the whole Dalvin Cook situation. So they're they're scrambling right now. Okay. So I want to I wanna kind of start with that. How do you feel about what's happening with Dalvin Cook and just in general, Allen? It happens all the time with a running back. I want running backs to matter, but we're finding a losing battle at this point. <laughs> you look at some teams that made the Super Bowl, look, look no further than San Fran, Kansas City, you know, Patriots even. You know, it's just it's just I you want to see these great talents, guys like Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, you know, Zeke Elliott got his. You, know, you want to see these guys get what they deserve because they play such a demanding position like think about all they have to do you know it's not just from the running aspect or pass like even you know picking up blitzes like people underestimate how difficult it is to pick up blitzes like it's a really hard task and not many running backs are good like, i know barkley's actually that's like a, the one knock on him is that he's just not good when it comes to pass blocking responsibilities but well the 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 biggest highlight arguably in the nfl last year was when jamal adams just body bagged daniel jones that's because Barkley didn't pick up the blitz there. Isn't that big of a highlight? To a game between two relevant teams? Like, Bro, that's like... <laughs> I know it's glued in your mind. No, but that's like just an embarrassing play. It, it's dude. definitely embarrassing. He didn't even... Ta- he just like was like, yo, give me that shit and stole the ball out of yeah. his hands. That's what I mean by right. like that was embarrassing. Look, I would love to see Cook get paid because look, Vikings, they run a very old school offense. Mike Zimmer wants to run the ball. Mm. And you look at that Saints game. I know Cousins made a couple of big throws at the end, but the large majority of that game... They were giving the ball to Cook, and they made some timely plays defensively. I think Cook is a big reason why they made the playoffs last year, and they went on their you know, little mini run. So I would love to see him get what he deserves, but it's a running backs, man. It's a long battle. Unless you're this running back where, not to mention, durability concerns are there. He's never played 16 games. He's had a couple of uh, long injuries. You know, he got towards ACL in the rookie year. So you know, I, I, I would pay him, but... Then again, I could, there's a lot of history that suggests you shouldn't pay him. Taryn, your thoughts on, on this conversation with the running back? Kind of how we put it in the beginning is how I feel. What I've always said is there's not a position in football that like deserves to be paid highly more than the running back because of what they go through. But for me, there's not a position I'm more reluctant to pay than, than a running back. I mean, I just – I'd imagine they're going to do it. But how many Todd Gurley's, David Johnson's, et cetera, do we need to see before we stop doing that? Is like is my thing. As, as a Packer fan, I hope they give him the bag to just drop it all on him, the whole cap. I don't care. But if I was in that position, I'm just bringing the next guy up. I just think you've seen it so many times. Uh, it, you find all these gems in later rounds. It's the uh, no position is easy, but it's the easiest for a kid to come in and make noise right away at the running back position. All right, there's not much that you need to learn outside of like pass blocking, which is a big part. Don't get me wrong; I don't want to discredit them, but you know everything's up to a gap, b gap, and bouncing it outside for the most part, and the occasional cutback. But I couldn't agree with you more, Taryn. That it just 
if you look at it from the outside, just the nature of that position, like, yo, this guy's going to get hit 25 times. Every time with the occasional maybe goes untouched into the end zone or runs out of bounds. 25 of the 26 times he touches the football, he's getting fucking pummeled, right? Over a 16-game sample yeah. size. So pay him. I, 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 when it comes to my sports takes, this is the one that I'm the most hypocritical about. But I admit it. There's no position that deserves to get paid more than the running back, and there's no position that shouldn't get paid like a running back. And I also feel anytime there's a, st- a, a stalemate between running back and organization, I feel both sides. I feel the running back's like, yo, bro, I'm 24 years old, kind of like got two more years in my prime. At twenty at 27, Le'Veon Bell's kind of shot compared to what he was, right? 400 carries, 400 touches year in, year out. Eventually that, that adds up. But I feel the organization being like, yo, I don't want to pay you, you know, like, the Chargers are like, yeah, peace. Go go to Denver. Alvin Gordon came back. Like he had no other choice. Yeah. No one no one budges, bro. And yeah. like Taryn was saying, you've seen it with Oh, Dallas budget. Dallas did. Dallas was really stupid because he was under contract for two years mm-hmm. where it was completely different from Melvin Gordon and how Dalvin Cook is now, because Dalvin Cook is going into a contract year. So he could hold out and then be a free agent. Whereas Zeke, if he was gonna hold out, bro, you're still coming back to us next year. So if I was Jerry Jones, but the thing is, is that Jerry Jones thinks that every year now they have a Super Bowl team. So he was thinking to himself, like, yo, let me get this guy in. He's a missing piece, whatever. But I think deep down they regret not taking Jalen Ramsey. Oh. I think Mm. Dallas would take Jalen Ramsey any day over Zeke. We look at positional value. Damn, let me think about that. How do you feel about that? Zeke Ramsey. Oh, 100%. I mean... For me, it's not super popular. It's becoming more popular these days, but I'm very, after the quarterback, build the outside in. After QB, I want all of the wide receivers and corners I can get, and running backs are at the bottom of the totem pole for me. So that's an easy decision. And, you know, Ramsey's just one of them. They had to get rid of Byron Jones, too. They probably could have paid him if they didn't pay Zeke. It's just there's so many things, and it's just another reason why you don't do that in my eyes. Man, that's a. I feel like if I don't if I don't say Zeke, I'm a hater because I always get shit for. Yeah, let that go. Cowboy slander. I'm sensitive sometimes. Right? I know, you know but like with Dallas, that's how it is. Like, I Zeke is Zeke is phenomenal, man. He's really really good. But when it comes to the value of the position, yeah, you're right. But I I also don't feel as bad saying Zeke because they also got Byron Jones after, so that's why I'm factoring that in. But. Yeah, Dalvin Cook situation, I think it's going to be murky. I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. It just always, like, yo, Saquon, after this year, he's going to probably hold out for money. That's just always how it is. Alvin Kamara would be probably another one. Yeah, but the thing is, is that the the Giants are set up for him to hold out because they'll still have Daniel Jones for two, three more years on that rookie contract. So it, it makes sense. Like, sometimes that's also a big part, too, where, like, Zeke was able to demand all this money because you had Dak. Still, you had that luxury, but now you're looking at it like Terrence said. They lost Byron Jones because they had to pay Zeke. And now you still have the question mark of what's happening with Dak. Sure, he'll be in, in camp because it's also the nature of the position. right? You never see quarterbacks hold out. Has there ever been a holdout quarterback? I can't, I can't think of one. Not one that I can think of either. 
it's just it's 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 the leadership position. It's yo, you're the captain of the team. You're the voice of the offense. You can't hold out because there's that there's that perception of you to your teammates where like every other position, it's very okay, dude. Who just signed with the Niners, the left tackle, well, Trent Williams? Well, he traded. Well, traded. Yeah. yeah, but he sat out the whole year last yeah. year. Could you well, imagine? He, it, it, he had major issues with him. Though we're talking about miscommunicating the you know, his injury, misdiagnosis. Yeah. yeah, sure. But he made no effort to like come back. Also, you blame him. Play for that franchise. Yeah, definitely don't <laughs> want to play for Washington. That's for sure. All right, let's get into this. You guys know the setup when we do division breakdowns. Uh, Alan, you can start us off. What's the biggest addition in your eyes in the NFC North? There was not really a lot when you look at it because Green Bay essentially did nothing. Minnesota was in cap hell. Chicago won the 2013 free agency sweepstakes. Uh, <laughs> I thought their offseason was ridiculous. Going with Desmond Trufant. I've always highly rated him. Obviously watched him several years in Atlanta. I still think he is a top-tier corner. You put him and Kuda together. It's kind of interesting. Detroit... Uh, because everyone has this uh, whole imagination where Matt Patricia, okay, he wants to build up front. And, you know, they have definitely made some investments up front. But I do think he kind of saw what Belichick did in New England, similar to what Brian Flores saw, just that whole Patriot way, the whole connection with Belichick and seeing how they built through the secondary. Um, you look at what now they're doing there with him and Akuda. kind of makes – look, I love Darius Slay, but I, like, I don't think now it's a huge loss because I think Akuda is going to be a stud and Trufant's born capable of being – a consistent corner. Yeah, I know he's not quite elite anymore. I think the torn Achilles kind of made it not lost a step, but he's not as explosive as he once was. But he's still someone that's very, very savvy. He has a lot of you know, plays with a lot of awareness. Um, I've always been a big fan of his. And now you put him him and Akuda together, you know, they got things on lock in Detroit. There's not a lot of promise in Detroit, but I do think there's some encouraging signs of that defense. I think it's more just you know schematically with Matt Patricia what he's going on there is the big concern. Taryn, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I actually had the same thing. It was weird. Biggest addition, I feel like, for a lot of divisions, it's pretty easy. That was the hardest one for to do for the NFC North because I feel like most of the teams got worse mm-hmm. in my eyes. But, yeah, I had the additions of Akuda and Trufant to uh, to the Lions secondary. It's just something that they really needed. And just like Alan said, I'm, I'm a big Darius Slate fan, but – he didn't have the best year last year, and it was just one of those situations where I feel a player needs a change of scenery. I think it'll be good for him to go to the Eagles, but um, yeah, it's they just really need help in that department. The offense, I um, like the prospects a little bit going into this year, um, but that defense really needed work, especially you know when it comes to coverage. So bring in corners, bring in a lot of them. Uh, I'm a big draft guy and was a huge fan of Akuda. He was probably my favorite player. Not that I thought he was the best player, but he's probably my favorite player coming out this year. Um, and I think him and Trufant can help make an impact over there. Man, almost a clean sweep because I said Okuda. And I know in the NFC West episode, I picked the rookie also. And yeah, when you factor in also the some pretty good wide receivers in this division. Allen Robinson, for the love of God, can we get this guy a quarterback? Because I think he's a top, like talent-wise, I think he's a top 10 wide receiver. It's just that his production is never going to be that because he got Blake Bortles all those years down in Jacksonville. Then he got Mitchell Trubisky, Foles, I guess is an upgrade. It's definitely an upgrade from Trubisky. But still, like this guy's putting up decent numbers. Like 
I always look at it like this. The the only time that I like to bring fantasy into reality when I look at football is like, yo, if I start this guy on my fantasy team, am I like all right with it? And if I was starting Allen Robinson, I'm like, yo, it's not bad. It's not the, it's not the greatest, but it's not the worst. Look at targets. And I think you look at that division, right? Thielen's still in Minnesota. He's he's a baller. Devontae Adams too. And now you gotta you're gonna need guys to guard these players twice a year. Like the same shit you told me. You're the one that hyped me up about Bradbury. You're like, yo, dude, he's playing against arguably the Julio, best wide Michael receivers. Thomas, Mike Evans. Yeah, year in year out, twice, twice a yeah. year. So yeah, I'm going. I hate to do this, but I again, I agree with you guys too that there wasn't much in this division as far as additions. Right. Now subtractions is a little interesting. You go a lot of different ways here. Where are you going with that? Gotta go Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Because to me, Slay, can you really say it's a subtraction when considering all the talent they brought in? You know, I know Minnesota losing guys like Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph. Those were big losses. The corners, none of them were really good last year. So I can understand why Zimmer just wanted to clean out. I did like, um, like a, like a, oh, Mackenzie Alexander, I did kind of like, but he's a slot corner. I'm not going to put a slot corner. For me, it's Diggs. Diggs, one of the best route runners. Put him right up there with Adams and Keenan Allen is the best route runner. You know, we talked a lot about that on the AFC East pod. He's just someone that, okay, him and Kirk Cousins didn't have the greatest report, but Diggs is someone that could take over a game. Like he, you saw, especially against the Eagles, where he just gets behind the secondary, boom, you know, you'll have 180 yards like that. I think he could just do it all. And you know, Minnesota, they had that dangerous one two pairing. And I think you know, Thielen doesn't quite provide the explosiveness that Diggs provides when it comes to just being able to stretch the field. I think he just commands more respect compared to Thielen. So the fact that you lose him, you know, I am excited about Justin Jefferson, but you can't expect him uh, to replace that production right away. So for me, I think it's easy call it sticks. I didn't like the Justin Jefferson pick for them because I feel like he's very similar. And tell me how you feel about this since I know you did a lot of breakdown on wide receivers, Taryn. I feel like he does a lot. A lot of his success, I should say, is primarily where Thielen lines up like he's a bona fide slot receiver when he was with the Tigers in, in LSU and it just didn't feel like it was the proper fit for what they lost in Diggs and then what you add with Jefferson yeah that was my exact criticism of it too um a lot of Vikings fans were happy about it but it just didn't even come close to replacing what Diggs brought to the table it it it's kind of like you said, I, I worded it that way. I was like, it'd be a little bit better of a pick to me if they had Diggs and lost Thielen. But now they're just, the whole hole in the offense remains the same for me, even with that pick. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly starting to make their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. What are you going with with subtraction? So I'm sticking with the Vikings, but I actually, for me, it's Kevin Stefanski. Ooh. Oh, a little coach love. <laughs> All right, that got me hyped. Okay, continue. A lot of people aren't 
a fan of him for whatever reason. Um, he's a big analytics guy, and he, to me, was the reason that the offense was so improved last year. It just it was black and white. Twenty eighteen with DiFilippo to twenty nineteen with with Stefanski. Um, Kirk Cousins had his highest PFF grade last year in his career. Um, Stefanski's offense had the highest percentage of play action passes like a f- for for uh pass plays it's just like a lot of stuff that i think they need and it was the one thing that like kept them from being too old school for me i love mike zimmer as a coach i think he's a defensive genius but i think if he had it his way they're doing nothing but running through the a gap you know 30 times a game mm-hmm. so I, I think that's a really big loss for me, even even more than Diggs, because I think if they still had Stefan Diggs and lost Stefanski, the offense would still take a massive, massive hit. I got one cool question. What do you make of the influence of Gary Kubiak? It's, it's the same thing. I think he is very is like the offense version of Mike Zimmer. Okay. It's very it's going to be very old school to me. Um, just. I don't think they're moving the right direction. They're got, kind of going backwards. Like, I, I think you got to get more play action heavy, just pass heavy in general, more wide receivers, and they're they're going a little 1980s for me. Yeah, Kubiak does have that like zone run offense that he was doing when he was over with Houston and then also with Denver, uh, Denver yeah. most notably. Yo, I'm going to show some love to the big uglies. Two offensive linemen have left this division. One is Kyle Long. He retired from Chicago. And the other one is Bulaga, your guy. Um, Bulaga, shit, how long has he been there? He's been there for a while. Stability. Eight, ten years. Yeah, so he, he left to go to the Chargers. And I just think that when you lose grizzled vets on the offensive line like that and they were just such a staple of your organization and your foundation. I think those are big losses. And it seems like right off the bat, every team outside of New England because of uh, Dante Scarnecchia, they struggle immediately replacing guys of that magnitude. So I'm going with Bulaga and Kyle Long for me as two guys that are definitely going to hurt these teams, and those are my biggest subtractions from that division. Um, anything you want to add or? I don't know. I just I look at Minnesota. That's why I was looking because I thought they had the most loss. I know Green Bay's had a crazy off season, which I'm sure we're going to get into, but just you look at the Vikings' this departures, it was just staggering. All right. Like I'm still surprised. I'm gonna see like where Everson Griffin's gonna end up. Like we might have to wait till August, but I think he's still someone that's a game changer. I'm gonna get fired up on this one, and I'm gonna lead away when it comes to storyline. The biggest storyline in this division is validation for me, because I had to listen for years about Mitchell fucking Trubisky, <laughs> and they go out and they trade. This is your storyline to bring in Nick Foles, right? And it's especially when you look at how that draft class has played out, right? Pat Mahomes and Watson. Did you guys know that they were in the same draft class with Trubisky? Yeah, it's like one of the most running jokes. I know, yeah. yeah. That's why I said it because yeah. you hear it every fucking time yeah. that those guys are on there and Trubisky is shit in the bed. Chiefs Bears was a Sunday night game 
And that's all they could talk about. It's also they traded up to get him. Right, an all-time hustle by the Niners saying that they had their intentions to get him, and then all the reports came out of John Lynch and company that they had no intentions of taking him. If they would have made a better pick, because Solomon Thomas is kind of average at best at this point, but could you imagine if San Fran drafted like a pro bowler? Yeah. More ammunition. Yeah. So look, man, he from the beginning, I just didn't see it. I just didn't see it. It was his best games were like fantasy games. Like, he was, like, scoring two touchdowns on the ground. And it was, like, you know, a blown coverage on a deep throw to somebody. Like, I just didn't see it with him. And Chicago doesn't see it with him either. And also, if you saw that one year with Matt Nagy that first year, they were kind of holding him back, too. That's what some people thought. But I also think that Nagy, they know him well because they see him every day, right? Like, the Patriots, they go out and they get Cam Newton. Because they're not confident with Josh Stidham. Because they've seen him for, for a year now. And they know. Like, you know him in-house. That's why Belichick was so butthurt about giving up Garoppolo. Because he knew that's the kind of guy that he had in his in his organization. Trubisky just didn't see it from the beginning. Uh, bad posture. Very inaccurate. Um, a lot of, like, oh, my God, what is he doing throws. And they, like, you know, he's like the J.R. Smith of quarterbacking. Except that it always ends bad. And when you trade to take on a cap hit of Nick Foles, like, yo, Nick Foles isn't a guy that's on the veterans minimum cheap plug. Like, this guy got paid too. And you're just like, yeah, yo, take a fourth round pick and let me take on that contract. It's not going to end well for Trubisky. I wish the XFL was around. He would have been a dope XFL quarterback and bring Damn. some notoriety to him because I, I just don't Bear think Bear fans he's... are listening to this. Yeah, they, they good. They just shut uh, this I, off. <laughs> yeah, I've been, this, my stance has not changed from, from day one. He just. Just never did it for me. I'm a big eye test guy. Okay. Like, ultimately, uh, I trust my eyes. I've seen enough football. I know enough football. I know that might come off as arrogant, but it's just one of the few things that I know really well. And it just he didn't pass the eye test for me from, from day one. So, for me, that's the biggest storyline. Okay. Well, Chicago came in third place. I don't see them as a real relevant team. So... I don't know. Like, anything Chicago really, it, they're kind of like the Jets to me now. I know it's pretty harsh, but I just don't see Chicago as they might win seven games at best. Like, I just don't view them as any sort of threat. I think it's easy for me, biggest storyline. Like, how does Green Bay recover after this offseason? Like, just the moves they've made, just the NFC Championship, the demo, you know, how they got demolished. Like, Mike Pettin's still there. It's just. I don't know what to what they're building there because they've had they've had opportunities to help build this roster. Like you look what New Orleans is doing, they're doing everything possible to help Drew Brees win that Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, it looks like they're pretty much saying you might not be here come 2022, and I just think that's kind of a slap in the face. And I just don't like how they're moving forward because what's kind of crazy is that they kind of won the off season last year, getting Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and. Uh, Adrian Amos, like it was crazy seeing Green Bay. Oh my god, it's the first time in what over a decade that they broke the bank and yeah, got some people in. Like they've been real aggressive, and now it's just you look at what they've done. The draft, it just you want to talk about? You know, we're joking around 1980s, you know, getting a running back in the second round, then they got like a fullback in the next round. It's just I don't know what they're building towards. Like the NFC, you saw New Orleans, they're gonna be even better. You see what Dallas did this off season. Um, you know, NFC West. Giants, ridiculous, not at all. Um, it's just you see the NFC how much they've evolved. Meanwhile, Green Bay, it's like, like okay, maybe they'll win this division because everyone else is on a decline. But it's like, 
I can't see this team competing with the likes of New Orleans, San Francisco, or even if Dallas comes up or Philly's healthy. It's just they've regressed. And at a time where you go 13-3 and and you have this huge redemption year, even though things didn't kind of click at times and there may be a little fortune, some games still going 13-3 is a huge accomplishment. And now there's like no momentum going forward. It's like, okay, they might win a division, but do you seriously see this team winning two playoff games? I don't. So I think biggest one just – how they look on the field. I'm really curious, particularly offensively. Thoughts, Mr. Packer? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had the exact same thing. Uh, that's my storyline as well. You know, how does Aaron Rodgers react to having a new new face in the QB room that they use a first-round pick on? And it's just, you know, Matt LaFleur is in year two now. It's going to be – he's got some pieces to build the offense that he wants to build, which – in my eyes, just looks like, again, a little bit 1980s. Looks like he said, my buddy Kyle Shanahan slapped me around twice this year. I'm going to try to get my own version of that. And it's just the whole philosophy for building a winning football team is wrong to me. And and that's where the, unfortunately for me earlier, came in. Because I just don't think that it's going to work. I After this offseason, I do not see Aaron Rodgers winning another ring with the Green Bay Packers. And it, it pains me to say, but I, I just really don't see that ever happening. It's going to be some mediocrity while he's here or he's going to get traded. And so I don't know how this team bounces back from 13-3. and three. There's going to be a lot of expectations, and it's a little bleak in my eyes as to whether they're going to hit them or not. I have one question for you, Taryn. What did you make of Mike Penton being brought back? I, I'm a fan of Mike Pettin. Um, the only time where it's like, you know, he does some stuff that, that bugs me, but it's easy to, you know, sit on my couch and watch and be like, well, why would you do that there? But I think he's the biggest reason that the defense was as good as it was. I mean, I'm sure it's going to see some regression as defenses typically do, but I, I was a big fan of him after the 2018 season um, because I liked the things he did without as much talent. Mm. So that's why, I mean, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, they're good players, but when they come to a guy like Mike Pettin who likes to move people around, do different stuff, he can bring out the best in them. I thought Zadarius Smith was an all-pro caliber player this year, um, and he was he was good with the Ravens, but it was never like that, so... I'm a fan of Pettin. The defense is going to be what it is. You know, it fluctuates year to year. Um, I'm just really concerned with the offense, and I'm interested to see how long of a leash Matt LaFleur has. You know, it's only year two, but all of a sudden, if they somehow finish third in the division or something, like, what does that end up looking like? So, Not to mention, you had to watch so many years of Don Capers, so... Yeah, yeah that, that. that certainly mean, didn't help. My threshold for being pleased with the defensive coordinator is pretty low. I'll <laughs> say that. Yo, you know what crossed my mind as you were mentioning Matt LaFleur? Washington had McVay, Matt LaFleur, and Shanahan mm-hmm. all under Jay Gruden in the building at the same time. 0 for 3 with them being your head coach. I know Washington has a shitload of problems, but damn. Damn. It's a long yeah. list. Like Ron Simmons said, damn. 
Just a long list of Washington. We go on and on with that. Yo, is Malafleur really on the hot seat, though? I don't think he's on the hot seat, but he's kind of like in that position where you need, you want to see major proof. It's kind of like with Matt Nagy last year. Like, you want to see some sort of progression That's because because even though there were some, okay, they had a great record and uh, they won division, things were generally positive, they were winning games. It's just, you never really saw the offense click. Like, even when Chicago was good in 2018, you rarely saw things click. You really saw them putting up 30, 35 points. Because even when Green Bay started out really hot, it was just like they're not really scoring a lot. Rodgers isn't putting up these great numbers. And then Adams went down and no one really emerged. Like it's just you when you have like this offensive-based coach, you expect production. And it just never really came. Like you want to see him scoring the high 20s, low 30s. Never really came. My biggest X factor right now might be a hot take. But you mentioned him in passing. The biggest X factor in this division is Devontae Adams because that boy cannot get hurt because they don't got anything behind him. And when he's out there, I think at this point in his career, Rodgers was so great for the longest time because he was able to elevate everyone around him. Everyone around him was a viable fantasy starter. Everyone around him was a viable player to make noise and to be a game wrecker. Rodgers is not that guy anymore. He needs to have talent around him. Does he have flashes? Yeah, like every every now and then he does show that he can still be that gunslinger and that guy that like can take over games. But I think at this point of his career, the same way Breeze has like goggles for Michael Thomas, that's how he is with Devontae Adams. And I think that Devontae Adams is the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL on offense, in my opinion, when you look at what Rodgers and the Packers have to work when it's not him, there isn't much there. So from a non-QB standpoint, across the entire NFL, the most valuable player in the league for me is Devontae Adams. Now, he's not the best wide receiver in the league. It's very important because Michael Thomas, if you take Michael Thomas out of the Saints, they still got Manny Sanders there. They got a very good running back that could do it all out the backfield. They got Jared Cook there, too. Sean Payton. They got Sean Payton as well. So, like, you know, you take away Tyreek Hill from the Chiefs. You got Kelsey. You got Watkins. You got Hardman. You got, like, uh, Jeremy Sprinkle was, like, catching passes and shit last year. You know? Like, Mahomes now is at that level that Rodgers was a decade ago where he could take all these, like, random dudes. Bro, James Jones, shout out to Blue Wire, came off the, like, the street with the hoodie and scored, like, seven touchdowns in four games. That was Rodgers. That's the kind of guy Rodgers was, and that's how Mahomes is now. Shit, Carson Wentz was doing that last year. Bro, Carson Wentz, I'm going to die on this hill. If you don't see where Carson Wentz, God be with you. I don't know what to say. Like... This guy, no wide receiver had like over 800 yards last year. He's doing it with running backs. He's doing it with college quarterbacks being wide receivers now. And he set like franchise records. There's certain guys in their career that can elevate everyone around them. I don't think Rodgers is that guy anymore. And for me, the biggest X factor in this division is Devontae Adams. He cannot, they cannot afford for him to miss any time. Not a game, not two games, nothing. He needs to be able to play all 16 games. He's going to lead the NFL in targets. He might put up a monster season just by default. For as great as he is, there's not much else for them to to spread the ball to. And Rodgers has shown us in the past, I'm like, oh, I'll give him. We talk about that Philly game all the time. He had like 14 targets in the first half. 
He was roasting. <laughs> Violating. Which isn't saying much because we've been picking on the Eagles secondary yeah. for a while. But that's that's just how I feel about Devontae Adams, man. I'm going with something similar. I know we touched on it at the start of the show, but it has to be Dalvin Cook's contract situation because if he holds out, I know Alexander Madsen, he, he showed some promise. I definitely do think he's a viable running back, but I just think what Dalvin Cook could provide, it's just there were games where he took over last year. Like I still think like they don't win that game against Norris. Like him and Derrick Henry showed in their in like the wildcard rounds, like okay, running backs they still have some value. Like they could still do some things in big moments. Like okay, people want to say they don't matter, but in those teams specifically that are built to run first, they did their thing. Both Henry and Dalvin Cook in those wildcard games and major upsets. Well, Tennessee not major upset, but you get the idea. They went to hostile environment because right, say, right. say we want about Foxborough and that Patriots roster, but it's an intimidating environment. And Baltimore there. too, bro. Yeah. So uh, I just think with Dalvin Cook, especially in that offense where it's okay, you can't have Kirk Cousins throwing the ball more than. 30, 35 times, they want Dalvin Cook to be there. And I just think what Dalvin Cook does and the way he breaks tackles and you know, how elusive he is. Like I think when someone's looking at the complete package for running back, he's probably up there. I think him and Saquon. I know everyone loves McCaffrey. Don't get me wrong. He's great. I just think if you want a guy that could really care to load, I think it's Saquon and Dalvin Cook. Those are the two running backs you look at. So uh, that and just given how Minnesota's built where they're kind of run first and their offense line isn't all that great, Kubiak's system kind of elevates them a bit. I just think they have to get that right. You need Dalvin Cook on the field. Otherwise, this Minnesota team, even in this shaky division, they could go like 6-10 and 10 without him. Damn, that's a record I was just thinking in my head as you were rattling off those stats and yeah. just bars. Yeah, 6-10. and 10. Yeah. Yeah, Taryn, what's your biggest X factor, man, as we, we close up? For me, it's going to be Matthew Stafford um, and his health more so, if he if he can play a whole season. Um, it's no surprise that he doesn't get talked about a lot because I think in my lifetime as a football fan, there's not been a more underrated and disrespected quarterback than Matthew Stafford. But last year specifically – Everyone's got a short memory, man. And he went down halfway through the year, but he was on pace for 5,000 yards. Um, it's the first season, you know, since Patricia's got there where he looked actually comfortable. Mm. Um, and they started he, – he looked comfortable in the new stuff they wanted him to do. And then he – so he could excel in the stuff he was already good at. I mean, he's a gunslinger. Um, through week nine, when he went down, he was first in pass yards per game second in touchdowns, fourth in yards per attempt. So he was slinging it. And it's like, this is a top 10 quarterback for me that people don't really talk about going down. So their their record didn't reflect how good the team was. The franchise is kind of a joke, but also before, for all three of us, the Lions had the biggest addition. And I think the two teams at the top of the division, Vikings and Packers, I would have an argument that they both got worse. So... If the Lions continue to improve and Matt Stafford can play at a top-tier level and be healthy all year, I think that could really shake stuff up in the division, especially now that there's seven playoff teams. I keep forgetting about that. We talked about that on the last episode, the the AFC East thing. Mm. Man, that's a hell of a point. And you, I was going to ask that question about Stafford. Has he become underrated? Because I feel like for the longest time, he was kind of overrated. Yeah, because the whole throw up to Calvin and just yeah, the, a the lot fancy of it football. Was, yeah, and, like he was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was very bashful of Stafford. I was like super overrated, but I think he's kind of built up his reputation. But I, I also think that 
Dude, he had no running game his whole career, right? Wasn't yeah. there like a 45, 46 game stretch where they didn't have a 100-yard rusher? And now they got they, – yo, they, are, they have a pretty fun offense. Hawkinson, I like Hawkinson. He showed fl- flashes. Marvin Jones, Kenny G on the outside, Kerryon Johnson. They drafted a running back too. DeAndre Swift. Swift, which I, I didn't like the pick because I'm just like so high on Kerryon Johnson. That, that's the weird thing though with Detroit is ever since Patricia came in, they're trying to establish the run now. And that's why I think Stafford completely fell off in 2018. Like People are saying, what's going on with Stafford? Like, his stats were all the way down, which is why last year was kind of crazy. And I know some people say, oh, Jim Bob Cooter, now they've gone to Bevel, which was a bit of an upgrade. Maybe that's the case. But I remember 2018, like, they were really trying to establish a run, and then carry on went down. It's like, oh, no, we got to throw the ball now. So uh, I definitely like that pick, turn. It's just I don't know what Detroit's identity is at this point because Patricia seems hell-bent on, quote-unquote, establishing the run. Yeah, I mean, and, and that makes sense. Um, I think 2018 was so bad because that was the first year in how long that they've had. He had someone come in and say, this is how we're doing it, and you need to play like this. He put a lot of hero ball. He's like, I don't know, just go throw YOLO balls like Jameis Winston, except a lot better of a quarterback. That's how he played for his whole career, pretty much. Um, so it took a lot of getting used to. And like when I look at it, it's a little iffy with the Packers just because they have the GOAT at QB. But for me, that might be the best offense in the division. Yo, I can't front, bro. You swung me on Detroit. I just don't like Patricia. I'm not crazy. I think other than Gase, he might be the worst coach in the league. Man, uh, just looking at it as a whole, you're right though. Like they got they got significantly talent. better too, yeah. and especially if you factor how all the other teams either didn't do anything or got worse. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Chicago? I feel like we have talked nothing other than you bashing Trubisky and me making fun of the 2013 acquisition. Well, they they signed Robert Quinn. Seventy million dollars. So now you have yeah. two guys making. They have like two hundred million dollars. And don't forget about Keem Hicks. He got paid as well. Well, I love, I love me some Keem Hicks. But they got a lot of money invested. You know, they got some talent. I'm excited. Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson. They got talent. Eddie there. Jackson is dope. I yeah. think he doesn't get enough credit. Right. Uh, hey, uh, Taryn, they freed Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Dude, keep him, keep him over there. They Chicago. got eight tight ends. Pats. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Yo, he um, I feel bad for Jimmy Graham, man. He, he got, got paid really. I'm, I, he got paid a lot of money now. Like he he be, two year sixteen million dollar contract. That's that's highway robbery. Yeah, I know the injury was brutal, but Jimmy Graham has made a lot of money. He's played for a lot of good quarterbacks. It's kind of crazy. He's gone from Rodgers, Wilson, Breeze, if Robert Breeze, and now it's. Yeah. Less said the better, but I just feel like Chicago. It's just hard to get excited given the instability offensively and you know the defense going through so much. I think the defense will get better because they got hit with a lot of injuries. But it's just yo, why am I blanking on their running back, Dave Montgomery? Montgomery, I love Tariq Cohen. Man, we gotta get Tariq Cohen in like New Orleans or some maybe not New Orleans because they're stacked. They're like Philly or somewhere. Like we gotta get Tariq Cohen a good offense because I think he is Sproles pretty much. Like what he could do as a receiver. Just such a dynamic weapon. Guys like Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, like by week three, I'm going to be like, yo, can you get rid of Like they got Ted Ginn there too. What was Ted Ginn thinking about going there? Bro, so many people were telling, hyping up. Montgomery was like the fantasy darling rookie running back last year that everyone was talking about because like you knew about Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. 
I loved, and I still feel like Miles Sanders, long-term, is going to be the best running back of that class. Over Jacobs? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a more complete running back. Like, he's a... He's Wait, a, are they in the same draft class? Taron, yeah. am I blank on this? Yeah, Sanders yeah. Sanders was but, a second-round pick okay. last year. All right. uh, the highest draft pick that Philly has had since LaShawn McCoy on the running back position. Okay. When they really gave him the keys to that backfield, he really started to flourish. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a more complete running back than Jacobs. Jacobs might be the better running back as far as, like, you know, handoffs. Yeah, power. But like now, yeah, power back. Yeah. But nowadays where you need guys like McCaffrey, like Barkley, like Kamara that can mm-hmm. do all the extra shit, I think Sanders is better. But going back to Montgomery, everyone's telling you that, you know, he broke the most tackles in college. I do remember that. And, like, that was supposed to be, like, an exciting thing. It's like, yeah. hey, man, you know what I also know? Like, not all those guys went on to play in the NFL. Right. Like, that's so, so misleading and, and dumb to right. me. I just didn't. And, again, I just – I only like Allen Robinson on that team, mm-hmm. on the offensive side. That's – it's really it. There's no one else. There's no one else that if if I was as a Giants fan, I'd be like, yo, you know who I want from that team on the offense? Allen Robinson. That's about it. Man, don't slander Tariq Cohen, man. He's fun. Taron, what do you think of Chicago? You got any thoughts? Uh, they're just bad. <laughs> they got no no direction. What are they doing at QB? Outside of Allen Robinson. The offense is pretty lackluster talent-wise. And, I mean, they were supposed to have, you know, the great defense last year, and how far did it get them? And I don't think it got any better either. They lost Prince of Mukamara, Haha uh, Clinton Dix, who was one of their better players on defense last year, and I can tell you from experience, he's not very good either. So I'm just kind of, you know. We haven't even mentioned Cleo Mack. Uh, He's slandering the most terrifying edge rusher. We haven't even mentioned Well, him. I kind of threw him in with, with Quinn, how they're spending all that money on the defensive line, and then True. you said Hicks. But, yeah. yo, n- now that I think of it, you mentioned Stefanski as being a subtraction for you. It's very similar to Fangio, too. It's a great call. Fangio got let go by – not let go, but he took on the head coach position in Denver, and then you saw that defense – yeah. Kind of take a hit. How much of that was Fangio too? Because he's a great defensive line. Yeah, but it's also kind of you know, they were put in so many situations where it's like they're opposing thirty yard line because the turnovers are just bad field position where they make up for Trubisky. That's why. That's why it's year in year out. It's the one score games. You can't you can't count on the team going five and one, mm-hmm. six and zero. Oh. Even the Bengals, bro. The Bengals went zero and eight in one score games last year. They're not going to go 0 and 8 again this year. It just it never happens. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with turnover margin. You can't be plus 31 in one year and then be like, yo, you know you're going to be plus 31 again next year. It just always it, it it regresses to the mean every single time. And that's something that I think happened with Chicago, dude. Wasn't the Bears defense that year like scoring a touchdown every? Single they were the year? Jaguars of 2017, pretty y- much. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's a great comparison. Yeah. And it's, you just can't bank on that, bro. And like you said, you. You're asked out for as good as your defense is. If you're if you're starting inside inside your red zone or inside your fifty, you're like, damn, son, can we catch a break? Because that week one game, Taryn, if you remember, was was Green Bay Chicago. It was just it was hilarious, but it was also really sad at the same time. It was kind of the game where it's like, oh wow, Chicago might be in serious trouble this year. Oh, right off the, I I know you shouldn't overreact, but sometimes when you have certain question marks coming in for something, mm-hmm. and you just see how hopeless and and obvious the concerns you had 
coming into the year were right off the bat, yeah. you just knew like right away. I put them every year. What I like to do, bro, is I like to like eliminate one or two teams a week until I get to like Thanksgiving. And then I could, you know, I'm like, all right, there's like 16 to 18 teams that could really make a playoff push. Mm-hmm. I kind of threw Chicago in there right after week one. I was like, yeah, I just, just yeah. wasn't, it just wasn't it, man. With your biscuit. Yeah. So, all right. Any other final thoughts, fellas, on the NFC North? Taryn? It's about it for me. It's, it's interesting. I feel like a year ago, this was being talked about as one of the stronger, if not strong, one of the strongest divisions. And now, to me, I just, it's ugly, to be honest. I don't, I don't really like the prospects of any of the teams. The one I'm most probably excited about to watch, besides being a fan of the Packers, is the Lions. And it's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, so I, can, gives- I can hear the tone in your voice that that's just like, you're just shocked that you're saying it. Yeah, exactly. You make a great point. Last year, there was buzz about this division because Chicago was – I know everyone's saying, okay, Chicago's going to be the playoff team that wasn't going to make it. But still, they were coming off a pretty good year. There was still buzz about Chicago considering how great their defense was. But between Rodgers coming back and then Minnesota creeping, you know, there was three potential picks you could win the division last year. So, yeah, I totally agree. NFC North is probably top at least top three best division now. I think other than the AFC East, it might be the worst. Like It's a really lackluster division. Because it's that Minnesota defense, man, I just, they lost so much talent. Like, I don't know what to expect. And then Green Bay, it's just it's a mystery. And then you know, Chicago, Chicago, and Detroit kind of rebuilding. The gambler in me is going to take a hard look at Detroit now. I liked what I heard from you boys about Detroit. And they just, man, they, they, they might have the, I don't want to get too crazy, but they, I think it's a closer debate now who the best quarterback in that division is right now. Ooh. Let's not get crazy. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know I just talked up Maddie Stafford, but let's let's pump the brakes on that one for at least another year. All right, hold on. Listen, man, I think if you factor in the weapons at their disposal, I think it it, it, it just narrows the gap a little bit. I, I'm not going to get too wild. I didn't, I didn't say that Trubisky's in that conversation. I'm just saying that <laughs> With, with all parts around, I think Stafford has a better offense. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. So, I think offense as a whole, I think I like the Lions the most. But just the QB, I think I think I still got that one. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that for sure. Yeah. Guys, it was a pleasure, as always. Thank you. Taryn, tell people your social media, well, where they can find you and all that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It was a great time. Um, I am on Twitter. It's just my name, at Taryn Caravella. And then Instagram's the same thing, so if there's a dot. So, at Taryn.Caravella. I'll make sure to have everything in the Instagram in the description of the bios and all that shit. Uh, Alan, where can they find you? Alan underscore Stirk. That's A-L-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. Big shout-outs to the members of the Patreon that get that roll call. Nick Chavez, Ryan Pisner, Christopher Velasquez, Corey Johnson Hoops, and Derek Plates. If you guys want to get a shout-out at the end of every episode and in the YouTube comments at the end of each of the podcast clip videos, head on over to patreon.com slash veteransminimum and check out some of the tiers that have been remastered, reformatted, and re-energized. 
Shout out to everyone that listened. As far as you can find me, it's at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets. At Veterans Minimum, where you can find everything for the show. Check out the YouTube page, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine. We'll catch you guys next time. Clocking the lane, I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.